Hello, I'm Dan Plashkis, S&P Data, and welcome to another episode of Truth and Share. Today, I have a really special guest. His name is Brett Boone. Many of you that uh, know baseball, um, whether it's Brett, his brother, or um, his grandfather or father, knows that uh, the Boones have a long history. I've known Brett since Brett moved back to Southern California. Um, Brett, uh, our kids played baseball, but Brett has been really kind to my family and I've really got to know him. Um, I'm, we're gonna talk a bit about baseball because I think everyone out there would be interested, but I've really been always followed Brett and how he's kind of leveraged his personal brand to build his post career. I also know Brett as a father. He's an incredible dad and has incredible children. We'll wanna talk about them. So uh, Brett, thank you for joining us. Hey, Danny. No, it's I good to did. be here. It's good to be here. Great. So, by the way, I've spent a lot of time and his stories are legendary. So I'm going to start just let's talk baseball before we get into you a bit. But uh, who was the greatest baseball player you ever saw? It's, the, oh, it's easy. Uh, Barry Bonds. No you know, question. You, so I've always had talks. I mean, if you're a baseball enthusiast, it's just great to talk to this man. And um, you've always given me the same answer. And if I can go into my Dodger, uh, as you know, I love the Dodgers. Um, Brett was coaching the Oakland A's and uh, a, spe a special coach many summers ago, not many, a few summers ago. And he ran into a Dodger kid he told me about named Julio Urias, aged then, what, 17 or 18. He, he had not made the majors. What did you say about Julio? He was, uh, I, was a special I was a special assistant to the general manager in Oakland. So basically my title was, I would go around in the minor league affiliates and, you know, I'd spend uh, three or four days with A-ball and then I'd go to Midland, Texas, where our double-A was and I'd spend three or four days. At the time, a lot of prospects were there. And uh, I was in San Bernardino one night and this lefty comes on the mound. He looks real young and, I, you know, I'm watching it. It's the third inning. It's the fourth inning. And I kind of, I kind of asked somebody, I said, who is this guy? He said, oh, that's Urias. He just turned 18 this week. So he was 17 two days before his start. And I, at, at that particular, it was the end of the summer. And I'd been, uh, you know, I've been to double A, triple A. I was with our, I worked with our low A quite a bit. But everywhere in the minor leagues that season, including the, you know, the seasoned triple A type players, this was by far the most uh, polished, best looking minor league pitcher I had seen all year. And I said, this guy's going to be really good. And, um, I remember you, you know, telling so, me that. Well, I, I, and I always have kind of kept, you know, one eye shut, but I'm always watching Urias because, because of that, he, he made an impression on, <clears throat> that's the thing when you're in this game and you've been in as long as me, it's, it's pretty tough to make an impression. And I just re, you know, I just go back to that night in San Bernardino and I said, this kid's going to be, I, I would be shocked if this kid didn't have a, a real promising career ahead. And I, and I know he's been, he's been bogged down with some injuries, but uh, I think what you got to see in this, this last world series is from what I, what I'm thinking, that, that's just, this is what, what's coming down the road for Urias. If, you know, and, and that's, everything's got to go right. He's got to stay clear of these injuries, which, which we all do you know, as major league baseball players, but I think the sky's the limit for this kid. He's fearless. I think he proved that. I think he's at, you know, the ripe age now of 21 or 22. And, and on the biggest stage, I think he's kind of forecasted what, what his future could possibly look like. 
great. Let's talk about your family. So you were always, I mean, you almost knew no better, right? Your grandfather. Why don't you tell everyone you're from, where were you born, raised, and obviously your dad. Um, and then, you know, what did you, when did you dream that you wanted to be a major league ball player? Well, I kind of had the naive approach, you know, ever since I was, since I can remember, that's all I wanted to do. And, and if you weren't sure, just feel free to ask me because I'll tell you and everybody else around me what that. I'm going to do. And, right. um, you know, I had a great childhood. I grew up, you know, my dad was, uh, played a long time in the major leagues. I had a grandfather that played a long time before him. So I had a lot of real, uh, you know, baseball was, was kind of put out there for me at a young age. And it was never pushed on me by any means. It was, I was always very supported. Uh, and I think e my dad's... By the way, even you, even you, to this day, you never pushed your kids. And your dad no, no. never... I watched, I've seen it. I mean, you guys, you know, you got to want to play, right? Well, I, I tell you, you, this game is so tough at the highest level. And, and uh, you know, I, I learned, I think, from my dad. So now, and Dan, you can you can attest to this. We've been in many a game together, and when I'm at a game watching my son, or, or you know, I have two 16 year olds now, uh, it's going to be tough. You're, I, I'm going to try to be as unnoticed as I possibly can be. <clears throat> I'm not very vocal. I don't have too much to say. I watch the game, and and after the game, if uh, you know my son has something, a question for me, I'm there. I, I really don't push it on him. I try to stay away. Jacob, my, my oldest son, just signed recently with the Washington Nationals. Congratulations. And, thank you. And he's uh, he's a good kid. And, and you know, far it goes far beyond the athletic prowess that he has. Can I you interrupt? Know, it's, so it's sure. not – you should be proud. You know, as you know, I'm fans of you and Susie. For anyone out there, you know, Brett has been a big fan of my kids and very supportive of both my boys, one in particular who was friends with his son. His son – doesn't just aspire to be a baseball player. So when I think of what you guys have raised, they raised a student first. Um, this kid went to a very, uh, we, went, we, we go to a high school that's very elite in terms of um, uh, people going to um, the highest ratio, I believe, of any public school in the state of California to going to Ivy League and or you know Stanford. And his son uh, followed, just a really smart kid, ended up playing baseball, ended up going to school at Princeton first. And so he did that. And I think that he probably would, I know there's no question he'll graduate. He was, he's a brilliant kid. Um, but obviously when COVID hit and stuff, he did the next thing, but you should be very proud. He's, he's unique as is your daughter and the twins, but you know, obviously Jacob's within the lines of following his dream, but he's got this education. I've always been so impressed. You deserve congratulations, you guys as parents. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, with Jacob, he's, you know, he's now he's a pro ball player. So his first spring training is going to be coming up in, in March and he's going to be an A ball. And, and hopefully, you know, by June, he's going to have his degree from Princeton. So pretty, pretty good head start on life. But the difference between Jacob and myself, Jacob's a little bit more of a realist. He, he's, he's a little mature in certain ways that I wasn't back then. I had a one track mind. And I had blinders on, and I was going to be a big leaguer, and I was going to be play for 15 years, and I don't need to go to class, and I don't need a backup plan. And it worked out for me. But but as I grew, and and you know, when I was in the big leagues for you know my first five or six years, it was pretty cool to look back at that 18 year old self, and just see how naive I was. You know, I, I look at 
I look at my growing up, and I think we all can, you know, as we grow up and and as we mature and get out in the world and work our jobs. And next thing you know, you're 30 and you laugh at yourself when you were 20. You're 40, you laugh at yourself when you were 30. And I look at it twofold. I look at it, I was naive, but maybe that was the edge I needed because I truly did believe. And I think not only in, in athletics, but in any any occupation you pursue, this is still our our biggest weapon and our biggest tool. You know, I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how much bat speed you have. I don't care how big of a cannon of an arm you have. This is still our biggest weapon. If you believe you're good, if you think you're good, you are good. And and I believe that to this day. So uh, I'm just a supportive dad. I, I go out and I support all my kids and whatever they pursue. You know, yeah, I'm really glad that Jacob chose baseball. That's a really cool thing to follow kind of in the family legacy. Uh, but if he would have chosen something else, I would have been just as supportive in other, you know, facets of life. My of daughter, my daughter graduated from USC, where where I went to school, and she's doing great. She's on her own, and and uh, you know, with this Corona right Podcast. now, she's she's getting to work. She's getting to work from home, so she's doing really well. Um, you know, I got she's two, in the broadcast two. business still. No, she's in the tech world, and she she okay, does good. stuff that she does stuff that I, I can't even explain to you what it is. But uh, you know, she's doing really well, and I have two sixteen-year-old boys that that are juniors at Torrey Pines High School, and uh, you know, we'll see where they go next. That's great. So, so career ends. Uh, one's never ready for it. You know, it's not you know whether it's a money thing, but now you've got time on your hands. And you can only play so much golf, right? You happen to be a good golfer, um, and you like people. Those are two things I know. You're very kind and generous, but you want to do things. So, you know, tell me where you are now, what you're doing uh, business-wise. Um, I'd love to hear more about it. I actually think that you've got an incredible disposition. And a guy like you, you know, people like you, if if you're successful, you're you're putting the effort in. It's just as hard work as when you're a career professional but you do have a brand to leverage. So let's talk about it. Well, I think Dan, and this is one thing too, we talk about looking back at a younger self. And uh, yeah, if I could turn back the clock and, and right to, around the time I retired, right, right around 2007, 2008, uh, I would have gone about things a little bit different. You know, I was at the end of my career, I played 14 years. And my attitude back then as, as a 37 year old was, you know what, I, I've had a heck of a career, I've made a lot of money, and I'm going to go off into the sunset and play golf and go on vacation. And I learned pretty quickly, you know, that, that's not, that. uh, there's there's only so much to that. And after a while, you need to do something. I remember as a young man uh, playing golf with some older gentlemen and, uh, you know, well-to-do guys that made a ton of money, and I'd look at them and I'd go, why do you go to work? And they, they pointed at me and they said, one day you'll realize why I still work. You know, it's something you need to get up in the morning, have a passion for. And, uh, you know, I've done some investing through the years and and I'm a part of a bunch of uh, Marriott hotels, which I'm not day to day on, but but that's what I do. Uh, Now I'm starting, you know, I worked for the Oakland A's for a couple of years. I really enjoyed, especially the minor league side and helping these kids and giving them- You're great with kids. Yeah, Yeah, passing on a little bit of my knowledge. I really enjoyed that, but I was missing out on a lot of the upbringing of my kids. So first and foremost, I'm a dad right now. I have two 16-year-olds that that my first uh, my first job is is to get them 
out of the house and get them to college. That's the most important job for me right now. In the meantime, uh, you know, I do some stuff for, for, uh, you know, as an analyst and I'm kind of freelancing, but I started this podcast now. I think it's really cool. Who knows where it's going, but so far we've had some interesting guests. I don't take it too, too serious, but the more I get into it now, you know, 18 or 19 episodes, uh, it's kind of interesting. And I, and you know, tonight I'm, Yesterday I had Adrian Beltre and tomorrow we're going to have Jim Tomey and and Wednesday night we're going to have Chipper Jones. So these are all real interesting teammates and ex and and guys that I played against that I respect and it just gives you a different And look they respect the, you by the way. So Yeah, and and it gives you a little different perspective into Major League Baseball, kind of lets you behind the curtain a little bit. So I'm enjoying doing that right now. You know, good things happen. So, you know, as you know, my son, Sandy Plaschkas, as you know very well, has this owner's box and he's trying to, you know, they've got a hell of a software platform. It's got a real shot, the business. But what's interesting is what he's doing is he's sort of taking a page out of these barstool guys. Yeah, very successful. Right. And the crazy successful. They get bought by Penn National. They have, they're, they're so popular that they draw people to the gambling site, et cetera. It's amazing. And they've, it's this irreverence and stuff. And it's really interesting. So, you know, but what I was telling them is it's like a filling a sales funnel, right? You start with this at the top and little things, but one day it got like, you just keep working at it. It's like you're building your own, you're building something. And I'm sure with you, because you have such a great personality. Um, and I think that people want to listen. So it's interesting, but you build it over time, and one day something goes and it hits viral, I tell them, and you just never know, right? But you don't right. measure it each different segment. It just happens. Well, you know, the, and, and it's also, you know, it's kind of me getting outside of my box and, and kind of getting to a little bit of an uncomfortable zone. To, to put a camera in front of me and ask me questions, well, I can do that blindly. You were raised that's that a, way, sure. That's an easy thing for me to do. I've done thousands and thousands of interviews. If you want me to break yeah. down base, baseball and, and uh, analyze whatever you need me to analyze, that's simple for me. But to, to jump on the other side of the microphone and being the guy asking the questions and, and drawing that out of other people, that's been a little bit of uh, you know outside my comfort zone, but I'm getting a little bit better at it and I'm learning in it and it's... Uh, it's educational, actually, more than anything. So being on that side of the mic, something I've never done, uh, I was a little bit hesitant to do it at first. But now that I've done it a few times, I'm starting to kind of enjoy it. And I look forward to these podcasts. I look forward to talking to, like I said, Jim Tomey tonight. We're going to talk, and he's a real talker. So he's going to want to talk, you know, the swing on a different level and, and the mental side of the game. So I look forward to these podcasts and look look forward to catching up with ex-teammates, uh, you know, ex, ex-opponents, and really breaking down the game, like I said, in a different way, kind of letting the average fan out there that, that really loves baseball, let them behind the curtain a little bit and, and explain it to them on a different level what it's really like. It's cool stuff. So I'm get, I mean, I think it's great. And you know, I, you know, you, you know, you have a network of people that trust you and, you know, you were a teammate. You know, when I think of you, you were a great teammate. And that's how you always judged. You know, I spent, as you know, a lot of time sitting with you. And um, you, you remember that my kid wanted to go to IMG for baseball and you called up mm-hmm. your ex-teammate, Chris Sabo. And if Booney said he was a good player, he was a good player. And, you know, you were just a great teammate. And I think that in my business, you know, you have to understand, I'm a huge believer in team sports. I don't care about your success, but you got to learn to work with others 
you're either, you know you can be a leader. You got to understand. And these sports are really great way of forming to work on teams. You don't always get your way. You don't always, as you know, agree with your manager, right? So I think that you have well, a lot well, to I learn think, that can be transferred outside of baseball. Yeah, and I think sports in general are such a great, great training tool for our kids to teach them about life, to teach them how to get your butt kicked and get, get back up and go live to play another day. I think that the life lessons that we can learn from sports is invaluable. That's why I always... When you're a kid, you might not be the best baseball player, football player, but find something. Find something to compete in because that's going to teach you invaluable lessons Amazing. that are coming coming in the business world wherever that kid, whatever road he pursues. I, I think they're invaluable lessons. Um, and as a player, you know, you talk about guys that trust me. And when I played, I really didn't care. I mean, my teammates knew me intimately. But I really didn't care about an opponent, especially when I was young, whether you liked me or not. I, you know, you look at you look at the other side of the field sometimes. You don't like the way a guy looks, the way he walks, the way he talks. But as long as you respect him, that's all I demanded. I said, I don't care if you like me, love me, hate me. But uh, when we play this game for from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock every night, you're going to respect me when it's over. And that's always was the most important thing. I still think it's the most important thing. And if I call a friend or, or, or an ex-teammate and, and make a reference, uh, I, I want you to know that you can trust me because I don't just come at you with, with a name here and there. If I come at you and I put my, put my uh, name behind it, I believe in it. So uh, Right. And that I think, comes out. I think, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No. And your name, that, I think that's a great process. So I have some things I want to end with you on. But uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, there's, so the, you, every question I asked, I asked you the same question a decade ago. And you gave me the same answer. You said Barry Bonds, hands down, greatest player. Not even You tell close. a story, not even close. You told me another story that I don't know whether you're comfortable, but the Junior Griffey story. Um, Which one? In the locker room. The one was even in the locker room, and you had to go get him. You're a rookie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can oh, you no, please I'm tell that story? Sure, sure. Uh, Kenny, I'm, I'm a rookie uh, playing for Lou Pinella, and, and Lou calls everybody's son. And at the time, I was kind of just trying, weaving my way, trying to, to establish myself. This is 1993, and we're in Texas. And this is before even old Arlington, which – this year there was a new Arlington. Right. So this is three Arlingtons ago. And the clubhouse was down the left field line. And it was about a good two or three minute walk. It wasn't right off the dugout. So before the game, Kenny's already, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm finding my way. I'm trying to establish myself. Kenny's a three-year veteran, all right? We're the same age. And uh, Kenny was my locker mate on that particular road trip. And I see him right before I go out to stretch. I see Kenny sitting with his feet propped up. He's watching a you know, this is one of the first mini TVs that came out. And he's watching cartoons. And I go down, get ready, stretch. You know, I'm hitting sixth or seventh in the lineup. So I'm just kind of milling around the dugout before the game. And Lou looks at me and he goes, son, where's your buddy Junior? And I said, uh, Lou, I don't know. I said, last time I left him, he was in his locker. And he was happened to be DHing that day. You know, and Kenny's always hitting third. And he goes, well, would you go find him? So I've got my helmet on already, I think. You know, and I'm hitting sixth. I run up to the clubhouse. He's sleeping. And I wake him up, and it's like that panic attack you have when your alarm didn't go off and you know right. you got to beat him. had it so many times. And I didn't, see, I didn't see much panic ever from Griffey. 
you know, he was a pretty cool cat. And, but I saw that panic when I woke him up, I said, dude, you're up in two batters. Jumps up, puts his jersey on, you know, we're, we're both running down to the dugout. Like I said, it's a two or three minute walk. He gets there, Lou looks at him and said, son, what are you doing? Doesn't have his shoes tied. By that time, the announcer's coming to Ken Griffey Jr. Puts his helmet on, grabs his bat, surpasses the on-deck circle. Still shoes aren't tied. Hits the first ball about 20 rows deep into the bleachers for a homer on the first pitch. Circles the bases, comes back in the dugout. Pinella looks at, he looks at Pinella and says, hey, Lou, can I go back to what I was doing? And Lou looked at him and said, son, you do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> and he went back up to the clubhouse and the rest of us are just sitting around going, what just happened here? So that that's one of many stories with Kenny. That's uh, a great you know, I, story. I do say Barry Bonds is, is the best I've ever seen, but Kenny is by far the best player I ever had the, the privilege of playing with. The, the, the biggest skill set I've ever seen from a, from a player that, that was a teammate of mine by far is Ken Griffey Jr. That's great. So now I'm going to end on a, a thing. I love this. It's a sort of a loaded question. By the way, I have two questions. Do you think your Mariners were the best team that we ever saw in probably the modern times? How would you rank them? I don't know that you can say they were the best. If you just break down sheer talent, um, but I think the camaraderie we had, the the uh, something about that team. You know, I didn't believe before 2001 season, I, I didn't believe in, in team chemistry or anything like that. I believed in you get the best players, you go out, you steamroll people until 2001. That changed my mind. There was something about that team. And, and by the way, we had MVPs on that team, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famers on that team. We had batting champs on that team, Johnny Olerud, uh, Ichiro, future Hall of Famer. So, so we had a very talented team. To say they were the best per talent, I, I think that would be stretching it. But I've never seen – we had something special. We'd, we'd walk onto the field, and, and I try to explain this to people because it doesn't happen too much in your professional life. But you, we would look at our opponent, and the look in their eyes was like, we're going to get beat. And they knew it. You know, we come out in the seventh inning down by two, and I could just look at the – the players and the other team, and they knew we were going to come back and get them. We had that look in the clubhouse. We'd look at each other in the dugout, and it wasn't a bunch of assuming arrogant people. It was just a a nod or a wink or a look that, yeah, you know we're going to win right now. And and it was something I've never gone through before in my professional career and never went through again after. It was just an unbelievable special year. And the fact that we didn't finish the deal that year uh, still is kind of perplexing. It was too surreal not to win the World Series that year. We ended up not winning it, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's something we still talk about when we get together. Uh, so uh, the, something that's a little humor, um, you have a brother. Mm -hmm. He's remembered for a very famous home run. Right. Who's the best of, of Bob's sons, and you have another brother, also very good ball player. Who's the best, who had the best career of the, of the two boys? Well, I heard it put this way the other day by my father when he was asked that question. And he said, well, you got to check the tax returns. So just check those. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
I thought it was a great answer. I thought it was a great answer, Dad. I think that's your answer. That's a father's answer, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. That's that's fantastic. Anyhow, um, I wanted to just wrap it up and thank you. You know, just from a, my own perspective, I remember Jackie wrote a, a, a paper when he was very young, and he talked to you about it. And yeah. um, you remember, and I and you read that paper, and you goes, "I could have written that paper." And um, I always felt that you know what I always loved about you, and I think it serves you very well. Is you're incredibly kind, the most gen- as generous a person, but you also uh, have a little f you in you. And I think it serves people. If you're an entrepreneur, in my life, you know, listen, you always you, you want to treat people fairly and transparently, but you know, you've got to be able to stay up, stick up for yourself too. And um, Brett Boone, you're you're one of a kind, great, and I, you should be proud. As I said, you know how I feel about you and Susie and raising of your incredible children, and good luck with uh, obviously. Like you said, good luck with Jacob, and you know he's got that education. And he's got the world by the tail, right? So congratulations yep. on that. Well, th- well, thank you, Dan, and and tell the boys I said hello. You know your your kids had a uh, special time and a special place with me, and yeah. uh, wonderful family. And uh, it was a pleasure doing this for you today. It was kind of yeah. cool catching all up. the be- all the best. I look forward to seeing. We're going to set you up with uh, Sandy when he comes uh, during Thanksgiving. We're you gonna got get the- you going. Good luck tonight, and thank you as your as always. All right, Danny. See ya. Bye. See you later.